0: Greetings Amiga Ops and Top Teners everywhere. This is Mike from Top Ten with Kyle and Mike. I am joined this week as I am every week by our delightful, well clothed, especially for this time in the morning, co-host Kyle, he is looking good. He's waggling those eyebrows uh, very, very nicely. Uh, and he is joined by a very special guest who I do know, I know her well. In fact, she looks exactly, suspiciously, like my co-host, Kyle. I have no idea what they're gonna talk about, but we will talk about something for somewhere between 25 and 125 minutes. We will maybe debate it? I don't know, we don't really debate things anymore. Uh, Or we debate, but don't re-rank. I don't know, we'll see. Uh, We will theoretically debate it, rank it, re-rank it, and then by the end of this episode, have a definitive list of this topic. So, mystery co-host who looks just like Kyle and is a woman, what are we talking about?
1: Hey, everybody. um, This is Erin. And today, we are going to be talking about um, top 10 short stories. And... but I'm so a, into this. I actually didn't know that Mike didn't know, which I makes did, it even more I fun. didn't
2: know that Mike didn't know either. No. I thought, I, thought <laughs> I, I think I told you about this like a long time ago. You and then, did. And then failed to remind you about it. Yeah, it's
0: funny because when you told me yesterday that Aaron was joining us, you you said it as though I knew the topic. Like you said, cool, if we do that one with Aaron, I'm like... Yeah, (laughs) she can, yeah, I'd love to do it.
2: Sure. Yes,
0: let's do that one. Uh, So yes, you definitely assumed a better memory than I have, but now that you say it, I'm remembering.
2: I think the good news is that, well, I'll let you explain it, but I think that you can get a lot out of this podcast, even if you haven't read the short stories. The idea, I think, would be to, like, recommend the short stories, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a great twist to this list ranking that you should explain.
1: Yeah. Although I do hope that you have read most of them, because I think that that's a disclaimer already, that, like, yeah. spoilers are going to happen, right? Some yeah, awesome. for some,
2: yeah. But it's
1: no fun to talk about them if you can't talk about the endings.
2: Yeah, but a lot of them, I would say, are, like, pretty commonly known. Yeah. You've probably yeah. read them or know how they go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's interesting.
0: I, can I ask a couple rules? Um, yeah. I actually want to first, by talking over you, say I'm very glad to have you here because uh, people who don't edit our podcast probably don't know that there's actually a visual representation of how much we talk on the wave file like you can see it and the more time that passes and the more I edit it the more I hate looking at my own cuz I won't shut up <laughs> and so I love having you on because you guys have such good rapport that I, I have to shut up, and it's actually really a really nice break for me, and I'm sh- certain for the listeners. So <laughs> for plenty of reasons, I'm excited to have you, and by talking a lot up front, I'm telling you how excited I am to talk less than <laughs> um, But so, rules. So I heard there's a quirk. My only two clarifying questions right up front are, one... Is it your favorite or is it some sort of objective quality? And then second, what, how do we consider short stories of recurring characters that either are part of a a Mm. bigger series or not? So like Harry Potter, let's say that there were, I don't know if there are like the Potter more stories, probably don't count, but let's say there were a 10 page story about a potions class featuring Harry Potter. Is that eligible? Do we think?
1: No, but for a different reason. Okay. So to explain the context of this list a little bit, kind of have to go way back. It's like takes a little bit of explaining. So last summer, or two summers ago this, no, it was like an October ago, I went to Ireland, kind of with the sole purpose of taking this class by this designer that I like. Her name is Annie Atkins, and she is um, a graphic designer for film and TV. And she hosts this workshop, and she she was the lead designer on um, Grand Budapest Hotel. She works. She's worked on um, Wes Anderson movies. She has a really big portfolio of different. things. God, that that's
0: so cool. On.
1: Yeah, it was a really really great experience, and I like loved it so much. It was like one of the most inspiring things that I've done in my adult life after graduating school, because that's what I missed after school was like learning new things still, and so I take a lot of classes and that kind of stuff to like try and fill that part. And um, so I took this class, it was really great. And with after taking the class, she kind of challenged all the students to come up with their own, like, personal project around a specific character or a theme, um, and essentially create props based on this character.
2: Can you, can you explain print design, though, specifically? Yeah. Because that's what the class was, right? Yeah.
1: So she's a graphic de- designer for film and TV, which entails a lot of different pieces. But essentially, um, anything that you see on screen in a movie or a TV show that is um, designed like a newspaper or like a telegram or any posters in the background, um, it all has to be designed by a graphic designer. And there are people who specifically have those roles on, like, a film set. Um, so there are, like, set dressing kind of, kinds of props. And then there are props called hero props, which, are, which is anything that's, in like, definitely going to be seen on screen or is going to have a close-up. Um, like, for example, in um, Grand Budapest Hotel, when they are um, escaping the prison, there's this big map that they, like, one of the prisoners makes and Annie Atkins made that map, so it's just, like,
2: so cool, yeah,
1: and it's anything, <laughs> yeah, it's just amazing. or, like, the, her big claim to fame is the Mendel's box from that movie, like, the little chocolate box, yeah. um, she designed, really? yeah, so she, like, designed the packaging for that, and, that's so um, cool,
2: a- another, like, cool example you gave me was, like, like, the book from the book of Eli, like, she didn't yeah. do that one, but, like, that's a good example of, mm-hmm. like, a, like, a print prop, or, like, Like Yeah, so basically... The
1: the Book of Secrets in National Treasure. Yes. Um,
2: National Treasure 2, Book of Secrets. Yes. Yeah. Of course. (laughs) Sorry, please clarify. Thank you. (laughs)
1: Um, Yeah, so anything really seen on screen. And her whole practice of it is just like an excruciating detail of like, if there's a stamp on something, you design a stamp to put on it. You like hand make that. You make custom um, like rubber stamps for... Um, like letter addressing and stuff like that so it goes really really in depth and it's like very nuanced and very detailed which is like what I obsess over um designers will call people like me like pixel pushers because you're just like (laughs) I'm more in tune with like the little details of things as opposed to like the bigger greater good of design so like for (laughs) me it's just like put all the things that I love together and like old paper and like doing things by hand, and it's more of, like, a craft, really, than, like, than, uh, like, a design project, I guess, so, um, and what I like about it is you kind of make things on the computer sometimes, or by hand, but it's, like, bringing the digital into, like, the real world, which is something that I miss with my, like, agency job, it's all very on the computer and everything, but this is more tactile, so it's, like, more fun, um, so basically, I came from that class, I did one, um, previous project where I created props for, um, the character, um, Coop in Wet Hot American Summer, which is, was also very fun. Um, Whoa. Yeah. And then after that, I wanted to do another project. So what I did was I picked 30 short stories, um, and designed 30 props, one for each story, something that would have like appeared in like a film adaptation of that short story, essentially. Um, Mm -hmm. So this list is gonna be my top ten of that thirty list. So the only pool is in those 30 that I chose. And the ones that I chose were base like basically stories that I knew I liked, or I read like probably fifty short stories to like prep for this project. And I just picked the ones that like lended themselves well. Maybe there was like some element in the story that that I could visualize like how I was gonna make or whatever um. So it was kind of a random picking of stories anyways, but um, some of them surprised me that I liked more than I thought I would. But how I ranked the list was I did a one to 30 only considering like how much I liked the story. And then I did another one to 30 of um, my favorite props that I created for the project. And then I added their scores together. So the lowest score is number one on the list. That's, so, okay. so, for, like, something okay. that I really, really liked the prop, but the story was kind of iffy, it would end up somewhere in the middle, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah,
2: that which, makes sense. Yeah. So. And, and as a reminder, so, like, it, if you ever listen to the end of these episodes, you know that we always shout out Aaron and Sant Designs on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And that is where, like, when I was reading these short stories that's right like that's where all these are posted and they're all posted in sequence because you did you did like a post today for like all right October yeah. or whatever
1: so it's 30 yeah. posts in a row yeah
2: yeah so if you want to follow along go to Sant designs on instagram and you can see these props as we're
1: mm-hmm. talking about them yeah
2: well it's funny i was trying to figure out how to um because uh,
0: i usually use my phone but i don't want to kick myself off the internet So I Googled Sant design and realized that it's Sant designs because I was curious why you had a .co.uk URL, uh, but it's because there's somebody else called Sant design singular. Oh, Uh, I was like, do I? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) no, you do not. Um, Also, please. This is amazing. Sorry. I'm reading. I'm looking at some of these right now. Um. So just a question on this, was there some sort of page uh, limit where you consider something to pass into novella territory?
1: Um, I don't think any of the ones on this list even get close, but as, okay. like what I was kind of qualifying it as, because I had to read so many of them, I was like, if it takes me more than 30 minutes to read, I'm not going to consider it for this.
0: Um, okay. That seems reasonable. Yeah.
1: They're pretty bite-sized, I would say. Most of um, them are
2: pretty short. Yeah.
1: You can, you, you definitely, you can read them all in one sitting. And most
2: of them I was able to find just by like Googling.
1: Every single one. If you go to my website, actually, not to plug another thing, but if you go to the website and, um, on the list of this like project page, if you click on, um, the image from the project, it'll take you to the PDF to read the story.
2: Damn, that's dope. Which is fun. Whoa. Whoa. What's your website?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, what's my website? Yeah. Just com.
2: Yeah. oh dot code.uk yes uk.
0: <laughs> yeah okay so this is this is a little bit easier for me to navigate good
1: yeah for sure
0: yeah and dumb. so
1: the like l- other little bonus part of this is that it's actually pretty timed pretty well that we're filming this because I leave tomorrow morning to go to Connecticut to work with a designer it's i'm not getting paid so it's like a shadowing apprenticeship kind of thing um mm-hmm. he's a, a designer named ross mcdonald and he's worked on like he does mostly hero props and letterpress and stuff but he's worked he did like all the props for boardwalk empire um he did like the. that's the, such the,
0: a beautifully designed show
1: yeah um, oh my god Well, that's the, amazing the pawnee charter for <laughs> parks and rec which is fun um But yeah, there's like a whole list of stuff on his website. He's done some really fun stuff, so
2: that'll be a fun
1: little trip. But yeah, so we can probably just get into it, right?
2: Yeah. Start with number 10, I guess.
1: Okay. Number 10, this one is really close to home, probably for you too. Um, The only reason that it is lower than than I thought it would be is because the prop for it was just not as involved as the rest of them, but... Um, this one is The Hitchhiker by Roald Dahl.
2: There's a lot of Roald Dahl on this list, mm-hmm. and uh, he's a masterful short story writer, um, but the reason it hits close to home for us is because when we were kids, we had a collection of Roald Dahl short stories in our bathroom, and so, like, all of the short stories in that book, I've read, like, several hundred times. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, and this one happened to be the shortest. So I being a, being a, a like a more brief bathroom <laughs> user than you, I would always, <laughs> I would always just go for the, the shortest one. And this one was like really short. And so I could read it in like 15 minutes. And so um, I've read this story. So so many times,
2: Do you know, this one, how Mike? many times would
0: you say you read it per day? Like just once a day.
1: (laughs) Like yeah, probably just once, maybe two, maybe. Depending on what you. I would say maybe more (laughs) more infrequently than that. You never know.
0: Uh, I have not read this one actually. It's funny. I'm looking through this list, and I haven't I haven't looked at the list in a while. And I guess I've never looked at it aggregated in one spot this way. Um, And so I'm bummed that I have not read more. Rolled doll. Also, and very importantly. Uh, I remember Kyle telling me, you got to read all of these, like, not because I was preparing for a list, but because it was just a good idea. And I'm a, I'm a dope because I want, I'm looking at all of these and I've read, I've read a bunch of them, but I would like to have read all of them. And
2: I'm going to make that my plan now
0: because this is a great
2: list. Well, and then I think this list should help with that. Like if, if there's any kind of like, now you can at least in some way prioritize your reading list if you're only going to get to x number of them or whatever exactly yeah um
1: but i should probably mention the the prop that i made with this one is um it's a speeding ticket because part of the story is that they get stopped by a police officer because they're speeding the hitchhiker challenges the driver like oh you can't get up to 90 or whatever and then he does but then immediately gets pulled over by a police (laughs) officer um so the the prop for this one is like a pink parking ticket what I like or a speeding about, ticket. What
2: I like about that one is, like, it, to me, it looks like you designed it to be... Like, you know how when people write, like, a ticket or something? Mm-hmm. There's, like, the top sheet and then... Oh, it's,
1: yeah. And it's then the carbon.
2: Yeah, it's a car- yeah carbon copy. Carbon
1: copy. Yeah. Which,
2: like, it, I love looking at these because, like, you, like, obviously put a lot of attention into it, but clearly you, like, crinkled it. Like, someone had put it in their pocket, like right. you would with a carbon copy of a parking ticket. And
1: she taught us a lot of really cool um, strategies. So, like, to make a perforated edge... On the piece of paper, you poke a line of holes, and then you can just, like, tear it. So you use, like, a sharp, like, tool, and you just poke a little line. um, And then you tear it, and it looks like perforation, which is fun. Um,
0: So I want to talk about the story, but I want to talk about the prop first, because the prop is so cool. Um, So what is this period supposed to be? And how does one research creating a period-appropriate traffic citation?
1: A lot of google and some yeah. guessing kind of yeah. um like in an ideal world you would have like a world of resources to look at in person where if there's like a collection somewhere that you can access um but for the purposes of this project i did it all from my house so i was like so i used all like um google or um actually a place that i use maybe even more than google was ebay because people will hmm. sell a lot of old um ephemera and you can ask people questions about it. Like pretend that you're an interested buyer. I did that a lot. I'm like, <laughs> what are the measurements of this piece so that I could replicate it as close as possible? Um, Amazing. And then I ghost them and they like don't have anyone to buy their item. But um, I've heard, I like, I'm like obsessed and addicted to ebay i just like buy so much shit on ebay that i don't need i have like a whole collection of just like old paper that i'm like what the fuck am i gonna do with this but it's just like a i, I like to use it for reference and then um yeah so mostly mostly online ebay craigslist um estate sales is where i go to get like all the inspiration um i think this short story probably takes place in what, like the 60s 70s
2: I think that's when Roald Dahl mostly wrote, right? Yeah. So it kind of... Yeah. And it's like a modern-ish kind of... Tale. Yeah. Yeah. The Um, whole...
1: It it starts with a hitchhiker. is like a... He was at a horse race or something. He's at a horse race and then he needs to get home from it. So he, like, is hitchhiking to get somewhere.
2: And he's got a very specific set of skills. A very specific set of skills. Which, uh this this one's like short enough that you should read it and mm-hmm. uh, they're all I, I i'll say that for every single one yeah. of them. this is a great i love this short story and yeah. again have well read it's it. not
1: a spoiler really to say what he, well it kind of is but are we? i don't know we, if you haven't read this one we won't worry about spoiling it yeah uh, we've said all we need to say to explain what's going on here so yeah.
0: highly I, recommend i, I think we that should let's i'm 10. fine with sp- what i'm good with well i'm fine with either spoiling or
2: not i don't i'm good with either approach I think we should spoil if we if you if you need to to explain the prop. Right, this one okay. I don't
1: think you have to. Yeah.
2: Okay, that seems reasonable. And it's
1: more fun. It's more fun if you don't know. Yeah.
0: Now
2: there's a A tease. little teaser, yeah.
1: if you will. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's number ten. Let's go to number nine. Number nine. This one is the classic. Like if you haven't read this one, we're gonna spoil it anyways. Because if you haven't read this, <laughs> like you didn't go to elementary school. <laughs> um, this is the Telltale Heart. Edgar I had a feeling Alan that was Poe. gonna be the
0: one you were gonna say. Yeah. Um, uh, it's interesting when you said when we you said the topic. I started just writing down short stories that I love, and mm-hmm. un, very unsurprisingly to anybody who knows me, the first two authors I went to were Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and Edgar Allan Poe, and um, the Telltale Heart was a was a story that I we always used to have poetry day. I don't know if you guys ever had that. And I would either, and we had like bring in a poem we loved and I didn't love poems. So I would always either bring in the Telltale Heart, which is not a poem. It just, it it isn't. It's a somewhat (laughs) lyrical short story, but it is a short story. Mm -hmm. Or a Bruce Springsteen song, um, which was explicitly not allowed to bring in songs, but those were the only ones I brought in. (laughs) So on my little list of, Edgar Allan Poe, short stories I love. I had uh, Cask of Amontillado, The Gold Bug, and Telltale Heart were the three that are like most in my brain. I do love The Mask of Red Death. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Let's talk Telltale Heart.
1: Yeah. So in classic elementary school fashion, um, I did kind of put together just like rough themes of each story. Um, This one is pretty explicitly like themes of madness (laughs) Um, like sanity or lack thereof and um, kind of this like love-hate relationship that this that the protagonist has with this like old man he's obsessed with him but at the same time he like can't fucking stand him so um,
2: having reread this a couple of days ago it like (laughs) it's kind of funny it reads, like, almost funny, like, how loony this narrator is, like, and how, like, aware he is of his own madness, because he'll be like, yeah, oh, you think, you think I'm crazy? <laughs> <It's> like,
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got it, buddy. <laughs> um, yeah, so the prop that I created with this one is the obituary of the old man. Um, and it's, a, like, a newspaper clipping. I forget exactly what the time period of this story was, but it was early. Um. Yeah. So, this is like a kind of old-styley newspaper um, obituary. Um the headline reads Death claims Mr. A Jenkins. Kind of just the most quintessential old man name I could think of. <laughs>
2: Probably Arthur Jenkins. Amazing.
1: Probably I think it was supposed to be Arthur. Yeah.
2: Maybe Some Alistair. Name. Yo. Mm-hmm. Aloysius maybe. Co- two oh. two questions. One, how do you make up the names? Because, like, if you read—I like looking at these and looking at, like, all the small details. Like, you, like, then write, like, an obituary after it, and you, like, Mm -hmm. is survived by whoever—like, how do you make up the names for that? One. And two, like, I like how you cut it so it looks like someone cut it out of a full newspaper, and you Mm -hmm. can see on the sides, like, text from adjacent stories. Yeah, yeah. Did you then have to make, like, That's an entirely adjacent, like, newspaper section and to, so that when you cut it out, it looked like it was part of something bigger?
1: Yes. So, this was, <laughs> it's kind of, um, I did, like, I knew that I was going to be cutting it out, so I just did the pieces that I knew would overlap. So, this is, like, a paragraph and a paragraph. Yeah. And then, like, some text up top and this vital statistics down here, um notices of intention to wed like I guess that used to be printed in newspapers so that's like the fun of it too for me is like putting in all these little like easter egg details where if somebody does take take the time to read it it's like actual information and it's fun to read um the names usually if you there are a lot of online name generators where you can put in the time period and like fill out all of these um like questions where it's like is it a male is it like a human because you can also use it for fantasy characters but and then it'll spit out like hundreds of names that you can that makes from. a lot of
2: sense because having looked through all of these and there's a lot of different time periods i was always impressed that the names mm-hmm. always sounded like appropriate for the time and place right. yeah so cool
1: mm-hmm. so yeah that was that was wow. a fun one
2: that's it. that's amazing
0: i'm just looking at this in I'm just so blown away by how beautiful it is. Like, I, so let's talk about, let's talk about, um, your medium here or your, I guess your not your medium, more your tool. So for this one and for the first one, um, what, what did you use? Is there a program? I know you had said that you're, this is sort of an interesting mix of tactile and mm-hmm. software based. The first one, I would have guessed that you, that you used like a typewriter, but I'm, I have no idea how to do any of these things. So can you explain your process a little bit?
1: Um, so for this project, almost everything was created just in Adobe Illustrator using type, um, just like regular, uh, typefaces just because of the, like, the amount of things that I was making, I like didn't necessarily have time to use like the time period correct stuff. Although you will see some exceptions where I like have other pieces involved, but, um, so these were both just created in Illustrator. Um, I printed them here in my house on my printer. Um, and then just like used other tips, like little tricks to make it look realistic, I guess, because I didn't have the actual like printing methods that it would have been printed on. So I just did my best to kind of replicate for this case. But um, I, in an ideal world, you would actually be using like the, yeah. the time specific printing methods. But for this, <laughs> it's just not realistic.
2: What I think is interesting is, like, knowing that you, like, really were able to look like you used a variety of yeah. paper types because, like, for I don't know if we're going to talk about this specifically, but probably not because the short story is so horrific. There, you did one that was a receipt, oh. and, and it looked like that, like, waxy kind mm-hmm. of, like, roll paper that you used, but mm-hmm. you're saying it wasn't? No. But it really looks like a wow. receipt.
1: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all just, like, kind of playing tricks on, like, yeah. making things look... I mean, like, this but that's one was the whole actually, craft, right? Like, yeah, that's, that's the like, art. The yeah. whole point is essentially like forgery. Yeah. Um, and it's funny <laughs> oh. because people who actually work in the industry talk about how they get um, emailed by vendors and they're like, what exactly are you using? Like, because they'll order like a stamp for the U.S. Embassy or something, like a custom <laughs> stamp, and they'll be like, what are oh you gosh. using yeah. this for? <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's it's a, it's a an interesting trade. But, yeah. Um, and yeah, with so that, like,
0: Aaron became Frank Abagnale Jr. Yeah.
1: <laughs> how Well, that's so funny because like, now looking back at that movie, how much fun would that have been for a graphic designer? Oh, my so, like,
0: God. <laughs> like,
1: that's definitely what... Remember the bathtub scene where he has mm-hmm. all the checks? Oh, I sure whatever? do. Yeah. And that's the other thing is when you're making props for a movie, you have to make um, like 20. If it's yeah. going to be seen on screen, you have to make like as many as you need to get all the takes in because for yeah. every one... Especially if it's, like, an action prop where it's, like, somebody's ripping it on screen or something. Right. Um, And there's a really good example of this in um, um, Annie Atkins, who I took the class with, has, she wrote a book about um, graphic design for TV, and it's just, like, a full-spread page of, like, every iteration of, like, one prop that she did, and it's, like, crazy how, like, meticulous and tedious it can be. Um, But, yeah, you should borrow that book and read it. I will. It's so cool. Yeah. Cool.
0: Can we talk a little more about the story just for a minute? Um, mm-hmm. I, Kyle, you, you raised a really good point that I think is really interesting in Poe's work, which is, maybe it was both of you, I think you were both talking about it, but um, the narrator not just being a little crazy, but the narrator knowing that they're crazy <laughs> yes. and being unsettled by it, because that was a very real concern in Poe's real life, <laughs> yeah. and this was an anxiety that clearly kind of seeped through to his work. Um <laughs> I read a book called "The Poe Shadow" by an author named Matthew Pearl, who I really like, and he's written a couple books that are kind of literary themed. There's, let's say, I got them right here: uh, "The Poe Shadow," "The Last Dickens," "The Last Buccaneer," and uh, I think, I think I, I don't know who I loaned this to. Maybe you, Kyle. I don't know who else I would have. Maybe I don't know. Doesn't matter. The Dante Club, um, but. I don't think it was you. You've got the look that it wasn't you. Um, But the Poe shadow is this great story about the circumstances. It's a fictional take on the circumstances surrounding Poe's actual death. And it's really a lot about his descent into madness. And it's just this really odd window into somebody's soul to read these stories. And this one in particular, because it's so it's because it doesn't have the supernatural element which i think is typically fake like the supernatural element in most of his stories is not intended to actually be supernatural but this one kind of doesn't even have that it's really just a straight up this person is mad story and it's very (laughs) upsetting Mm
3: -hmm.
2: yeah i i was not surprised i guess this is not quite the right word but like rereading it how much i like Loved it. Like I knew that I loved it, but rereading it was such a like fun. Well, also
1: it was like more fun rereading it too because this I I didn't realize until I was like looking up to read this online. There are like like six different versions that have been made for different reading levels that I found. So like the one the one that you would have read in like your elementary textbook is a different version than than the like than the adult version. I guess it's like a little bit more simplified and a little shorter. Um, but yeah, I found that there were different iterations of it for like different
2: Well because it's taught so widely. I mm-hmm. mean. Yeah. that's interesting. It's actually
0: really funny you mentioned for your elementary school books because I, I'm sure you guys had these too, but I remember you'd have those I don't even know what they called them, but like you'd be in class for your English classes and you'd have your vocab book and you'd have whatever reading you were doing at the time, like let's say you were reading The Giver. But there was also that other book that for us didn't come out as often, but it was like a collection of stories. Mm-hmm. You guys? Yeah. And I, it's funny looking at this list because I read yes. a couple of them in that setting and mm-hmm. it's making me smile because I'm remembering not a standalone paperback or something like that. I'm, I'm remembering that thick book of stories that, at least for us, there were probably 50 in there. We read like six.
2: Mm-hmm. Right it'd be so fun to get your hands on that
0: book now i know and just right? like read oh my it cover god to cover. Yeah. But- yeah i remember one story that really stuck with me about these two kids who find a handgun and they're just like, screwing around with it and it turns out they, they accidentally shoot somebody and
1: that sounds familiar yeah
0: like you read it i'm sure you I'm read sure, it because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure it was in all of our books but like that's my, the quintessential experience for me of that is just some random six-page story about two kids who find a gun and accidentally kill somebody and it
3: was i don't know why
0: like
1: a psa for kids like don't play with guns gun safety
0: yeah. I know, it worked <laughs> yeah seriously probably yeah. Cool. cool
1: um can move on to number eight Number eight. This one was kind of a sleeper. I like. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. Um, it's called "The Open Window," um, <laughs> written by S- Saki. I think. Um, this one is. It's pretty short, and it, it kind of is just. Um, I, I remembered when I read it for a second time that I like kind of recognized the story. I was like, "Where is this going? Where is this going?" And then the the kicker kind of happens at the end. And it just, it, it like takes you by surprise and it's not what you expected. And I think that that's, that's like the quality in short stories that I like the most is when at the end there's like the twist in it. Cause it's such a good like form for that kind of um, structure. I don't know.
2: I was going to say like of, of the 30 on this list, I would say like 20 plus of them have like some kind of twist ending. And mm-hmm. I like, I don't know like what it is about the short story form that lends itself to that. So Well, but, like, it really does. Like, it's, like, it's obviously not coincidence that so many of these seem to have, like, kind of a a twist at the end. But Mm -hmm. this one made me laugh out loud. I thought it was so funny.
1: Yeah. So this one is about, um, it's this, um, probably middle-aged man who suffers from really severe anxiety. Um, and he is pretty much, like, bedridden until his sister is like, you got to get out, you got to get yourself out there, whatever. So she arranges um, for um, people in her hometown to kind of, to him for him to do this, like, tour of, like, staying with people that she knows from her past. And so she's like, okay, on your way. And he, like, goes to these towns. And um, this, I'm pretty sure, is, like, the first house that he stops at. <laughs> and he has the worst experience ever, <laughs> which I imagine just, like, makes him turn around and go back to bed and never yeah. leave again like that's the whole like theme of this one too is just like escape and like who can you trust because he's like trying to escape this world of anxiety but he ends up getting right back where he started which is sad um but if you want to explain like what happens kind of uh, or, or no have you read this one mike
0: i haven't read this one Does... though i'm reading your uh your description on your Instagram post, which is just amazing. So for the listeners, the letter uh, is describing, excuse me, I think, I'm guessing this is um, the sister writing a letter to the first person he stays with and saying like, hey, this is, you know, and Aaron's description is five out of ten wing woman. I appreciate the thought, but could go without the condescending tone. It's Just amazing. That's a hilarious caption. Uh, no, I have not read this one, but this sounds wonderful.
2: It's it's like it's it's like literally a page. Yeah, like a page and a half. Like you, sh- it's the story. Yeah. yeah, it's oh, it's so quick that I won't spoil it because yeah. like you could probably pause this podcast and and read the entire thing yeah. and, and not miss a beat. So you should. Um
1: That might be the ideal viewing experience. <laughs> just pause yeah, every listen, time.
2: Listen to this podcast over like 10 days and, mm-hmm. and read a short story a day while you listen. Yeah, that'd fun that'd be great. Uh, right? Every time you poop. Yeah, so
1: somewhere somewhere between
0: like three days and 25, (laughs) depending Depending on how you're
2: doing. Depending on how long it takes you to take 10 poops. Depending on how regular you are. So for me, I would finish
0: in five days. Correct. Well, that's like, do you guys remember on New Girl when they have a rule that you can date the same woman as somebody else, but only under certain circumstances, and one of them is 300 showers, and... (laughs) And it's been like two years or something since uh, Nick dated this girl and Schmidt dates her. And Schmidt's like, 300 showers. He's like, if you think I've taken 300 showers in the last two years, you're out of your mind.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, can relate.
0: Yeah,
2: I've been there. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so I won't spoil it, but just know that it's like a very, very quick burn, and it's <laughs> really funny. Yeah, I, it's, a good one. it's. I will say you might not have the same takeaway that I did, but I thought it was like the funniest <laughs> shit I'd ever heard. Yeah,
1: read. and I can see it being adapted really well into like a short film. Yes, and it probably I, it's already funny. Has. I
0: just was googling; it has Michael okay. Sheen, who okay. is um who you guys would know. He was in Frost Nixon. He was uh, in The Queen. He's married, to weirdly, to Rachel McAdams, even though he's older and not as cute as her. But uh, (laughs) it says he was in it.
1: Oh, yeah. I want to go
0: back to something you said, Kyle. That was a good point, like that these all have a twist or many of them have a twist. I was thinking about it as you said it. I think my working theory that I came up with two minutes ago while you were explaining this is because there's not as much buildup of a character... And there's not as much need for a wind down. So, like, if you did a movie where there's, or or a story where there's 200 pages of backstory on so and so, your natural inclination is to need every possible loose end to be tied up. Mm -hmm. But I think because of this, you can actually have a character who's either a symbol for something and only has like one or two characteristics, or is a mystery or something like that. I as a reader am not as upset if you don't tie up the loose ends, if that makes sense. So I feel like there's not as much need to go up, 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 crest, down, 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 down. Instead, you can just go boom, boom. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. You're less attached to the people in the story, and you also know less yeah. about them. So yeah. Things right, are, yeah. So things yeah, you're not like wait, her. what
0: about his wife? Well, like where's the dog? Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to you don't have to tell me where the dog is. I feel like in this yeah. situation, You really don't have to tell us anything like the, yeah. the details and like- i appreciate sometimes if you don't right
1: and maybe that is why the endings are so surprising is because you don't you just like don't know so a lot of the times you're just kind of inserted into the middle of something that's happening and you get like a brief yeah. portion of it and then it's like okay bye
0: <laughs> let's see you yeah and we talked about this with game of thrones at some point in a story that becomes really complex you start boxing yourself in where by the end of game of thrones it was who's the question of like, what will happen in season one by season eight becomes who will sit on the iron throne. And there's simply a limited list of options for that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like with this, they never, there's not time to narrow down your list of what could happen to something finite. And like Harry Potter, like seven books in it's will Harry win or lose. But at book one, right at the beginning, which I feel like is short story territory. It's, what's gonna happen?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. Yep. Cool. Okay. Moving on to Ooh. number seven. This is Harrison Berger, Bergerin, Bergeron. Oh, yeah. By Kurt Vonneg- Vonnegut. Yes. Wow, failing at the pronunciation of this one. Um, this one was pretty dismal. It's dark. It's pretty dark. Um... This this one is high on this list because um, I really like the prop that I made for it. So that gave it a little kick. Um, but this story is pretty dark.
2: <laughs> it's Have you read this one, Mike?
0: No. I, I do want to say a shout out to my fa- that show I love, Bored to Death. I'm realizing just now there is a character named Harry Bergeron. Oh, wow. And it's definitely- he's such a literary guy, it must be a reference to this. So now I have
2: to have to read it. It's... Yeah that commentary i thought especially given what's going on t- I, I i think it's so interesting when stuff like this like kind of cycles around and that's kind of the point is like a lot of these themes are timeless but like reading this last week it felt extremely timely mm-hmm. for what's going on today and some of the debates that are being had the theme is like the general premise is that there's what's it called like the national handicap
1: handicapper um it's on the thing hold on
2: let me look yeah, because you wrote... Or general, the, or... Um... There's, like, an office of the Handicapper General, and their job mm-hmm. is to handicap people so that no one has an unfair advantage over anybody else, and the that includes... the
1: quality department.
2: Yeah, well. so that includes, like, your mental capacity. So, like, one of the main characters, like, he has above-average intellect, and so every time that he starts to, like, have more complicated thoughts, a little buzzer goes off in his head, so he can't use his uh, his intellect to an unfair advantage, and, like, they're watching TV, and all these ballerinas are dancing, but, like, the more talented ones have to wear like these weights on them and they Mm -hmm. have to wear masks so so that no one feels bad because like the ballerina is more beautiful than they are Mm -hmm. so it's like obviously extrapolated out to like a like a a parody of you know like what like that limitation would actually be like right it's hyperbole you know like for, for for a reason but the underlying themes of like and, and, like, when he was writing, he was probably kind of talking about communism. Mm-hmm. But, like, nowadays, with, like, the way culture is now, like, to me, it took on, like, a whole different kind of kind This is that everybody-get-it's-a-trophy thing. Correct. It's, like, the participate yeah. Exactly. So, like, I thought it was so cool that I read it in a very different light, probably, than it was intended to be read. Yeah. And yet, I took probably more or less the same thing yeah. away from it. It's still
1: super relevant.
2: It's... Yeah. Yeah. Very dark. <laughs> um hmm But, um... Yeah, I love the the prop you made for it because it feels very... Yeah. It looks like an IRS letter, just like... Yeah.
1: So in the story, what happens is the two main characters are watching this, like, newscast or something, and um, something is shown on screen, or um, somebody, like, takes over kind of the news station or whatever, and then you hear this backstory about um, how they used to have a son and, like, how gifted he was, and he was, like, really smart for his age group and... Um, and then they recount, like, the day that the handicapper general sent a letter to their house saying, like, unfortunately, we're going to have to be taking your son away because he's not following the rules. We're going to take the And boy. he's just, like, too smart for his own good kind of thing. We're going to have to Jesus. take the Jesus. We're
2: going to have to handicap him.
1: Yeah. So the prop that I made is the letter that would have been sent to their house. So it has, the like, the return address of the handicapper general. Um, that's a, a custom stamp that I got made online. That's for so the cool. Washington, D.C. Um, that
0: that uh that font you're using for the top left it actually looks specific and maybe you have some reason for this that I feel like I've seen that specific font used by the government like that feels sure. like a, a government font.
1: It's likely I probably was looking at real uh, references from like yeah uh, the treasury and stuff because
0: um, I think that it, like I I have a really specific notion in my head that I've seen that on like an IRS letter.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the fun part about this one, too, is when I started the project, I bought a typewriter on Facebook Marketplace, um, so this is an actual typewriter font. Ah, um, uh, so cool. Yeah, so that was fun. Um,
2: I love, like, that's so cool, though, that, like, the it makes sense that, like, the, the return address is, like, printed, mm-hmm. as it would be on an actual, like, standard issue envelope, but mm-hmm. the typewriting part is the... Actual like address e, which would yeah. have to change on each right. envelope. That's yeah, so the cool. secretary would have been using it, and also yeah.
1: this government envelopes don't have postage. Right. Yeah. So um, there's like a paid postage, like yes. symbol on there.
0: Would have I been really like them. that. Also, so here's a question: I'm noticing that the stamp, um, the 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 um, why well, can't I think of the the, like the postmark? Yeah. The postmark. Mm-hmm. Uh, the postmark is slightly angled to the right which mm-hmm. in my mind as a person who would be even if i possessed the actual physical coordination to make something like this or the design like ability i would i would be too cheesy in my design to ever make these look real so take that as a given Seriously. i would i would angle to the right to imitate how somebody would actually stamp something so here's my question. Did you angle that on purpose or did you stamp quickly or or I guess there's the third option, which is this not a, this not an actual but you said you got it custom made. So mm-hmm. like how did you do that? Did you think to yourself, I shall angle this to make it look more real? Or did you just stamp it and it came out the way a person would stamp it?
1: Uh, I think it was a combination of both. I probably overthought okay. it to that degree. Yeah. So like I would I would kind of know that I definitely didn't want it to be straight, you know, because that would yeah. be too perfect. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I probably did, there's probably a page in my notebook of, like, 40 of these. Yeah. Just trying to get it exactly right. Um, because when I was, I found that stamping with these, you never want to use, like, the first stamp impression. It's too wet. It's too dark and just, like, looks too bold. So usually you'll, like, do it a couple times and then get, like, the money shot on the, like
0: that's actual so cool see perfect yeah. example like i would i would use the first one mm-hmm. smile to myself at how great <laughs> i was and walk away
1: <laughs> yeah totally but yeah i think that i find that that's how it makes it look the most realistic
0: and the detail on this one is
2: amazing yeah that's it was um, fun so because cool. there
1: were a lot of different like elements i think that's why i liked it so much and that's yeah. why it's so high on the list because the story makes me sad
2: <laughs> it is a very depressing story and it has Vonnegut's style of, like, being, like, kind of all over the place and, mm-hmm. like, thrown at you, but it's actually very effective. I actually, like, didn't enjoy reading it, but I, like, really appreciated the short story, and I actually think that's a good medium for him because I found that reading his actual longer stuff is, like, that, like, extrapolated over 200 pages is a lot. Yeah. But anyways.
1: Agreed. Yeah, but I think that's kind of the measure of a good story too, is like whether you're happy or sad after, like, makes you feel something. You felt something. I, you know, I felt something. I definitely thought
2: about it. I had to like leave the room and talk to Allegis about it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. That one's pretty dark, definitely. Um, okay, I can move on to number six. This one is another classic. This one actually is kind of longer form, but it's actually an adaptation of a full novel, which I didn't know. Um this is Flowers for Algernon, Daniel Keyes. This yes. one is another classic.
0: This
2: one was in that book I was discussing I, earlier. Mm-hmm. I read it in school. I'm confident we had the same book as you because that, like that yeah. my memory of Flowers for Algernon is reading it out of like a textbook. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So,
1: this one really has um a lot of different themes going on because it's kind of a longer story on the ter- in terms of short stories, but um the main thing that I kind of took out of it was this, like, morality in the science world of, like, just because you can doesn't mean that you should kind of thing. Uh, but this kind of took place in a time where people didn't really think as critically about those kinds of things. Um, so the whole premise is, I'm sure everybody has read this story. It's a classic, but um, they're doing this, um, like, test trial on a rat. Is it rat, right? Yeah, rat. Mm -hmm. And um, they're making him go through these mazes or whatever. Uh, And a rat obviously has a pretty low IQ and they're trying to like bring it higher. And so then they start doing the same thing to this uh, test subject. Um, What's the narrator's actual name? No, because the story is... I can't remember.
2: George or... George,
1: I think. Oh, actually, it's on the thing. I can look. But um, so he has like a really, really low IQ at the start of the story. And then... Um, the point of view is really interesting. I Charlie, think, Charlie. Oh, Charlie.
2: What's his last name? Yeah.
0: Um, Gordon.
1: Gordon.
2: Oh, all right, That's what I'm
0: thinking Yeah. You're doing Of Mice and Men, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs>
1: oh, that's it. Um, but the point of view is interesting because it it's, comes in the form of journal entries. So you can see as the story goes on that his IQ starts to increase and these tests are like in, it seems like working. Um, but then there's like the rapid downfall and, um, he's a little bit behind whatever happens to the rat, so you kind of know that whatever happens to the rat is inevitably going to happen to him. Which is so upsetting. And he knows it, and he knows what's going to happen. So it's, like, this really, really, like, pressing story. I don't know, it's pretty heart-wrenching.
2: It's pretty deep, like, these themes of, like, of knowledge versus ignorance, and, like, Mm -hmm. which is actually better, and, like... um, Yeah, and I think, like... The, the the master stroke there it's like you said was choosing like the epistolary style because you most of the characterization of like what's happening to him is is relayed through like his sentence structure and spelling um which is so unique like i don't know i i can't think of another example of that as, mm-hmm. so you know who would have
0: been really good at writing this story is kazuo ishiguro this oh, actually yeah. reminds me a lot of never let me go yeah. um where it's just that weird sense of foreboding and obviously it's this one's pretty clear about what's going on but you're right the epistolary style and the relationship between test subjects is just it's just it's, it makes it, this story just makes me feel so sad mm-hmm. i'm sure that there's other takeaways like you were saying Erin. and there's sort of the responsibility in science and this is like you know ethics all right cat <laughs>
2: You're talking it's about, she talking, sh- about talking about rats in here? Yeah.
0: Yeah, she wouldn't <laughs> shut up outside the door, so I had to let her in. Oh, please be quiet. Um, and I'm sure there's other takeaways I'm supposed to have, but it's I feel every every time I've read this, I just feel a strong personal empathy for
2: Charlie. It's very it's heartbreakingly sad. Even as mm-hmm. like a sixth grader, I remember being affected by it. Oh yeah. But
0: there were
1: which probably- is before you
2: have a soul yeah I mean, sixth grade like, for fun
1: sure. yeah that's true. There are probably some kids in class shedding a tear, likely oh.
2: I love the prop for this one like it just feels very um like this one more i think maybe because it's bigger and it's a little bit more involved mm-hmm. like, to me, that feels like movie ready like that looks like something that like a nurse in like a white outfit is like carrying around like on a clipboard, mm-hmm. and like she like, was a- it was in Arkham, yeah. Or, like, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, like, that kind of thing. It just feels like it came straight off of that movie set, and
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, it just looks so cool. Like, the, like, if you look at the, where did you get the template for the, like, these tables? Because it looks like an actual, like, yeah, like, I dossier. Much,
1: I pretty much copied it verbatim from, um, I found a copy of an old iq test on um ebay somebody had like a vintage set of stuff so yeah it's like pretty accurate um it it was funny because i didn't really know how to fill it out is the thing right i I kind of (laughs) was just like guessing i was like i don't really know how this works but i did my best and it was it was fun but it, it
2: looks like in every like spy movie ever when they like pull out the file on like the spy or whoever and they like flip it open and like for some reason, it's always, like, a paperclip in an actual printed yes. out version of, like, mm-hmm. of their headshot. And you've got, like, the yeah. the clip there with, who's that? <laughs> yeah, that's I what I was going to ask.
1: I actually don't remember where I got <laughs> that. I, I probably f- stole it from some person's class photo on eBay or something. But And the other fun part about this one is that that's a, a period-specific paperclip. I was wondering about that. that. She so cool. Annie in her class, and she has a section in her book about it, about how that's one of the one of the like quickest things to be able to determine if the designer thought about like the time period because they change so much through the years that like it's easy to spot if you get it wrong um but i bought like a, a set of them from
2: ebay so now I do you have them. like a hundred like old style fashion paper clips yeah. flying around mm-hmm. That's but so they're cool. fun
1: i've been using them for other things too but just, like, those little details of what well, I that's, like Well,
2: uh, that's so cool, like, if you, like, just were using that for something else, and you brought it somewhere, and someone noticed you were using that paper clip, it's kind of a tell of, like, this person is into
3: right. something rat cool. Right. Yeah.
2: Yep. Totally. I love this one. Yeah.
1: So that was a fun one. This was one of the more involved ones, for sure. I was gonna
2: say, this one felt like, feels like a lot of work.
1: Mm-hmm. It was fun. It looks like
2: there's other papers behind, too, like, just to make it look more filled out.
1: Yep. That's a... There's nothing on those. It's just just filler. That was the other thing with this, because I knew that I was only going to photograph it in one way, like, top down. So I was able to, like, cheat things a little more than you probably could in the real world, which is a little bit of a... Well,
2: you're you're designing within the parameters of the job, right?
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, that was a fun one, for sure. That's
2: so cool. Um, Yeah, that's amazing. And this is definitely
0: of the short stories we've discussed so far. This one's... I, at least some of the ones I know, probably the one that would be most broadly popular for our readers, or for our listeners. Like, I think anyone would like this one. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Definitely. Um, moving on. Number five here, we have another uh, doll story. We have Lamb to the Slaughter. <laughs> this one was um, really fun. Again, kind of unexpected. Um, it has themes of kind of don't judge a book by its cover because the story is that there's this housewife. um, Her husband comes home. She's clearly been kind of, like, cleaning and, like, doing things all day, um, staying at home. And then her husband comes home and I think admits that he wants to, like, divorce her or leave. Um, She ends up kind of conspiring and, like, doing something... (laughs) Something, uh... (laughs) a little a little dark to him and then, <laughs> i don't know we don't have to spoil this one either because it's um the the prop doesn't require a spoiler but um she essentially you can tell from the the title too that there's a lamb involved a lamb shank and um <laughs> and there's a, a pretty fun twist at the end so um
0: yeah and because, this is a sticker from the butcher shop. Is that yes. what I'm looking at? It's like so in a the of, of the
2: story, she like goes to the deli and picks up the or some like something from the deli or whatever. Um, I want, yeah, I wanted to ask you about this prop because like those look like actual stickers. stickers are they
1: no? Um, so for this one, what I did is I printed them all on paper, cut them out, and there's like an edge rounding tool. It's just like a it it makes the edges round, and then I took like a piece of wax paper and just like poked holes in it to make the edges and then just glued a all on there separately.
2: <laughs> it really looks like I could just grab it and just peel one of those off. Like, right. the, you know, how stickers come off of like the, yeah. that paper. It looks so cool.
1: Mhm. Yeah. So this one. Was and cool. I
2: love like the, um, I'm sure that you designers have like a, a, there's a name for it, but like that, like 1950s kind of style, like uh-huh. sweeping font and like the little paper hat. Like it just looks very period specific. Yep. Yeah, even so just was- the look on that guy's face yeah <laughs>
1: right yeah like him <laughs> but yeah this one was fun too because the like the lettering is really cool I probably took that from a piece of reference and then like edited it um but yeah it was really fun the one thing I wish that I would have done here is like filled out one of the labels but I kind of liked it as if it was just kind of ripped off of the at the deli
0: so. I kind of like it better fi- not filled out. Yeah, I I, I would have been cool to see, but I, I think I like it better this way,
2: especially because
0: yeah, I mean like you
2: you wouldn't fill one out on the roll, right? Like, you'd take true. it off and you'd that's slap right, it on yeah. whatever meat, and then you yeah right like
1: mm-hmm.
3: so, cool. yeah. this mm-hmm. is a short
2: one. I um Mike's that this was not in our uh, poop book, mm-hmm. and so um, I hadn't read it before doing research for this podcast and i was surprised because like my doing ex- research yeah pooping a lot mm-hmm. my like uh my experience with road doll has always been like willy wonka henry sugar mm-hmm. um like kind of like fun of uh, the bfg like stuff like that and so giant peach yep yeah. wait that is Roe that Roe Dahl? Roe Dahl? i don't know if that one is
0: oh it, it is. is i think oh, it is, it is. Oh, okay yeah.
2: I'm pretty so, sure. And so, yeah. And so, like, this book is, like, definitely, like, a tad on the dark side. And uh, I was very surprised by it. Mm-hmm. But I liked it a lot. And then it turns out he's got a couple more ones that are pretty dark. Yeah, too. he's got a of That's a fun
0: phenomenon, changing. isn't it? When, you, yeah. when you, you know a writer or director or whatever for fun stuff and then they go dark and it's really surprising and kind of neat.
1: Yeah, all of his stuff is like uh, at least has like a little tinge of like kind of weird or like a little creepy. I mean, Willy or...
0: Wonka was not a super healthy guy.
1: Right. No. Yeah. There's a lot going on <laughs> in his head. Unsure. This but...
2: is a sh- this is another short one, very quick. Mm-hmm, Worth that's reading. That's a quick
1: read. Worth it. Um I can move along here, number 4. This one is one of my favorites. Um obviously um
2: it's fourth most
1: yeah so this is the short story that actually inspired an episode of the twilight zone um it's called time enough at last by (laughs) Lynn Venable. um so this is the story if you've seen twilight zone it's like one of the first episodes and it's the pretty classic episode where there's this guy and he like loves to read like so much but his wife is so like naggy she won't let him read anywhere um (laughs) And every time, yeah, every time he picks up a newspaper, she, like, rips it out of his hands, like, very dramatically and doesn't let him read. She's like, you're wasting your time, whatever.
2: Very humorously, the short story starts off with, like, it was his singular goal in life to someday read a book from start to finish.
1: Without being, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so he works at the bank, and so his only time where he can, like, get away is between, like, his lunch break or whatever at the the bank. And so he would go, sometimes hide in the vault And, like, sit there and just, like, read and read and read. And one of these times when he was down there, there was um, a nuclear attack. And everything is destroyed. Everything. But since he was in this vault, he survived. And so he comes out from one of his um, reading sessions and realizes that everything is gone. And he's like, like, what the fuck? Like, what am I going to do? Everybody's gone. I have nothing to do. Uh, It's also worth noting that this man has the thickest glasses I've ever seen in my entire life. So he is, like, virtually blind without them. Can't see, like, two feet in front of his face. Um, so he's, he's walking around just kind of sad and gloomy about what the hell am I going to do with all my time? I can't find food, whatever. And then he stumbles across a library, and it's just like this light bulb goes off in his head, and he's like, I finally have time to, like, he's, like, <laughs> leaping through all these books, with like, all these things that he could do and he makes all these stacks and he's like I'm going to read this first and then this one like planning out his <laughs> next like 3 years and then spoiler alert he is like have you should I say it yeah we're,
0: say, I, I think it sounds like it's important to this yeah.
1: one yeah and it's 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 kind of you see it coming but so he's it's like <laughs> you know that it's coming the whole time and you're like just be careful and he like was walking up steps somewhere and he trips and his glasses fall off and he breaks his glasses and so now he can no longer see. So in the, <laughs> the line in the twilight zone is he's oh, like kind of no. cheesy. It's kind of cheesy, but he's like kneeling on the ground and he's like, "I had time." <laughs> it's like all he ever wanted in the world was to sit there and read unbothered and now he had literally all the time in the world cuz there's nobody else to bother him and his glasses
2: break. It's devastating. Oh. No. <laughs>
1: yeah. So the, the but the prop of, is so cool. Oh yeah! So for this one, it's um, like the card that would be in the front of a library book. Um, and this one was fun because I I got some other people involved too. Like um, Arthur Beret that you see on there is Mike's grandpa. He actually wrote that in his like.
2: Oh, I was gonna ask because it looks like either you like did a lot of work and figure out how to make a bunch of distinct looking signatures, mm-hmm. or you asked other people to sign their names or something.
1: I think that Mike was actually the only other person that I asked to do this. But like for the one on the bottom, the Simeon green or whatever, <laughs> I think I wrote that with my left hand. So I like went to some different lengths to try to make it look they like it was different people. They all
2: look distinct. And I love that you use different color like inks for mm-hmm. the stamps mm-hmm. to make it look like Time has passed. Like it right. expands from August of fifty to December of fifty-two. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. Yeah. God, that's was, so good.
1: This is another one that um, that I used the typewriter for.
2: And oh, also, for the, oh, for the top, oh, the Shakespeare oh. part. So cool. Also,
1: fun fact: um, Shakespeare has his own number in the Dewey Decimal System. I learned because there are really? so, he has like so many works. Or something is that what like, that is at the top? Yeah, it should be. Oh, yeah, that's unless so cool. I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's true. So. Yeah, that was a fun one. That's so one.
2: cool. I just love, like I could very easily see that kind of like poking out of the front pocket of a inside cover of a book.
1: Mm-hmm. I think I, I tend to enjoy like making the ones that have different pieces, like more pieces. So this one took four different mediums. So I like printed it, then I wrote the names, then mm-hmm. I stamped the dates, and then I did the typewriter on top. So it's like a lot of different things going on. Yeah. So that was a fun one.
2: I love that one.
1: That's so yeah, cool. It was good fun. Um, okay, so now... I have
2: to go watch that Twilight, Twilight Zone episode now. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's
1: it's great. It's, like, the classic one that you should see if you like the Twilight Zone. Um, okay, so now top three.
2: Yeah, I guess we'll... Oh, we didn't... You didn't do a not top three, did you?
1: I kind of did. Oh, we could... <laughs> I can do it really quick. All right. Because <laughs> we've been going for We're a while. completely
2: blew through that.
1: Um, I can do it just very quick. And essentially, these ones...
2: Well, if we're going to do it, we should do it right. Do you want to cue up the the Not Top 3 music? Yeah,
1: let's do it. Um, Kevin, could you please play that stanky, stanky beat? Great. Perfect.
2: Hold on. Wafting. Oh wow, you have some air freshener right there okay, on hand. I think it got in my coffee. Sprayed quite yeah, a bit was not right in front of your That was not <laughs> worth it for the joke.
1: Not worth it for the bit.
0: <laughs> Especially in an uh, audio medium. Did I hope you dear listeners heard the sound of that squirt bottle because I'm now drinking for Myers bring. Clean Day lilac <laughs> scented iced coffee mm. f- I for my taste troubles. It, mm. Taste it
1: through the screen.
0: On my tongue. On my tongue.
1: Um, okay, so my not top three general consensus was uh I liked the props that I made for them, but it was just kind of like ones that kind of fell off the back end. Um, and it was just all three of these stories just made me feel like like, kind (laughs) of like I hate like I just felt kinda gross after reading it. Like either it made me feel sad or just like I kinda wish I hadn't read that kind of thing. Um the the first one is the Two Thanksgiving Day Gentlemen. Uh. <laughs> this one is about um, it's this old, really rich man, and like once a year on Thanksgiving, he likes to treat like a homeless person to a meal or something. And I forget the details of it honestly because I only read it once. I really didn't like it. And it- the,
2: the so it's the same homeless guy, and they all they meet at the same bench every year, and mm-hmm. he gives him a meal. And on the way to the bench this year, he gets offered another meal, so he gorges himself on this mm-hmm. meal. And then he's like, fuck, I can't eat another bite. But, like, this guy looks forward to it. I'll, I'll, I'll deal with it and I'll eat the second meal. Mm-hmm. So he does a bang-bang. And he has a second meal with this other guy. Yeah. And then it turns out that the guy that, uh, like, paid for his meal was like very proud and like didn't have enough money for his own food like was like he went to the hospital because he wasn't he hadn't eaten he was anything. like
1: malnourished yeah yeah
2: <laughs> meanwhile this other homeless guy it's just like, finished two full Thanksgiving dinners
1: straight gluttony and I just like was I just like finished reading it and I was like Ugh. I it was like, pretty gross
2: but yeah. your prop was so cool then I thought the menu was really cool oh yeah because like, you put like the um like someone stain. Hit, yeah the coffee stain that was cool yeah I like that
1: yeah that was fun. I guess the story just kind of uh, did yeah. me in.
2: Uh, wait,
0: real quick. I like your cigarettes without the TTE. It's just the T. I like that.
1: The second one was the necklace. <laughs> so this Brutal. one was about this girl and she's like going to this ball and her husband I think like gives her like kind of an allowance. This happens a long time ago. He gives her kind of like allowance to get a, get a dress. <laughs> that doesn't something. happen anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she basically is like What the fuck am I supposed to buy with this? Like, this isn't enough money. Do you know what those bitches are going to be wearing at this ball? (laughs) And so she wants to be wearing... She ends up uh, borrowing this piece of jewelry from a friend or something um, to go to this ball. And then she loses it. And so she spends her entire life, like, working to, like, make enough money to buy this necklace that she could never afford. She works, like, 30 years of her life or something. And finally she, like, is able to replace this necklace for this lady. And the whole time and she returns it to this lady and the lady's like, that was like cubic zirconium kind of thing. She's <laughs> Pish, like, that, that, that shit was, was fake. That was worth nothing. And so the theme is kind of just like not placing value in like objects essentially. Um, but I just like was really turned off by this character and how vain she was. A she real, was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was not into her as a character.
2: I was just gonna say that I liked the prop. Like the invitation was very nice.
1: Yeah, the little the little the ball, ball invitation. invitation. Mhm. Apparently at this I, time there were people called floor managers who would like work at these balls and they would kind of organize how things would happen and I guess a party planner essentially, yeah. but they're called floor managers, which is cool.
0: Interesting. I I like the idea of being that floor manager. Uh Yeah. I might have to look in to see if there's anything like that uh, available these days, because I would have be able to have really cursory interactions with people and then not actually talk to them, mm. which sounds very nice. Um, I read this one in college in a class where we also read Bellamy by Gideon Mopassam, which was the only other thing I've read by him. And in both cases, I hated every single character, but I liked the story. Yes. Um, which I it's pu- I think he knew I hated them I think um and I think he wanted me to hate them so I think it worked but I remember liking this one I just hated the characters sort of like you
1: yeah that's kind of, that's a kind of the experience. Idea. yeah yeah, yeah. I I, there
0: was one that other one bell on me there's a duel between two characters for no reason and it's the whole time you're like they're gonna kill each other for no reason they're fucking idiots. You're like, this is interesting, but these guys are really dumb. And I feel like I had the same take on this one.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can relate. Um, The third one, (laughs) this one I have a pretty particular memory of. Um, That's a fun one. It's called Miss Brill. And it's about this really sad old lady. And she has this ritual where she, like, takes her little fur out from her closet. And she, like, loves her fur so much. She, like, puts it around her neck. And she's, like, so happy with herself and she like walks to the park and then she overhears these two young people like making fun of her fur and she gets just like so sad but it like it turns into kind of like anger and she just has like this like I don't know this really (laughs) strange experience and she like gets home and she like hates her fur and she like is really sad so it made me sad but the reason the reason that this um, story holds such a (laughs) <laughs> specific place in my mind and it's in the caption of the the prop too but um when I was in high school we read the story and I had a pretty out there English teacher in high school but she was trying to demonstrate like the fragility of this character and how like she was so fragile and then she got built up to this point and she just like burst because these people were making fun of her and it hurt her feeling so badly and so when we got to that part in the story my English teacher had bought a china Cup and she she chucked the cup across the room and it like smashed it against like the cinder block walls. And all of us were just like like so petrified because nobody was expecting it, obviously. <laughs> but she had like a tendency to do shit like that. And in retrospect, that was probably dangerous.
2: Yeah, sure. like, she'd
1: get
0: fired so so fast if she did that now right for endangering children yeah.
1: yeah so i just like to think about her like going to like the thrift store and like buying like eight china cups that she could do because she had like eight classes of the same thing every day so she probably did Did that, you like,
0: guys tell the next class before do you I think
1: wanna, i want to say we didn't i hope
2: you didn't spoil it
1: yeah but she was she was a little off her rocker she was definitely apparently but,
2: but you remembered that shit. yeah i know yeah
1: yeah so poor, poor little Miss Brill in the teacup is my takeaway from that.
0: That's a tough hit though. I feel like I've seen a similar move on a movie or a TV show where there's a woman who's like so excited to get dressed up and mm-hmm. does, and like people don't receive her the way she wants. And it's, there's something so utterly shattering about that. It's so sad. Yeah. And I feel like especially, I don't know when this story was set, but I feel like especially when you're going back in the olden days when that was all that women were supposed to have was to be like seen as Mm -hmm. worthy and to be in your mink and like so excited and some kids like are shitting on you that's just
2: so sad
1: sad. it just makes me sad even just thinking about it the more i think about
2: it the more appropriate that imagery actually Mm
1: -hmm.
3: is
2: because like the the language in the story is all about like it was a perfect day. Like, the sky mm-hmm. almost looked like it was painted. And, yeah. like, all these people were actors in a play, like, following their lines. Like, so perfect it was. And then, like, to have that imagery and, like, that sensation shattered by having mm-hmm. these two people that don't belong there, like, making fun of your shit is, like, a... Right.
1: It was so close to I,
2: perfect I'm, day. I'm really into that lesson.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she knew what she was doing, for sure. Because yeah. I remember it, and it was a- it was an accurate um, uh, analysis yeah. of that, for sure. Cool. All
2: right. I guess we'll, we'll skip honorables because, uh, you can or I guess you could do your honorables too. Um. Or we can just do them at the end. Doesn't matter.
1: I can. I'll do it like speed round. All right. Because I feel like we've been on for a long time. Um. Okay. So honorable mentions. I have A um, and P. This is a story about um these like these girl. I think it takes place in Florida or something. But it's these girls who have been at the beach all day. They go into this grocery store to buy um, these little herring snacks for one of their, one of their parents, and basically this, like, older guy who works there is, like, berating them for being, like, why are you in the store? You need to be wearing more clothes, and then this guy who has, like, a high, whatever, um, sense of self is, like, you shouldn't, like, well, actually, he doesn't really stick up for them as much as he wanted to, but, like, yeah. after they leave, he's, like, you can't treat people like that, I quit, and then he, like, leaves. And then he's, like,
2: ah, shit. And
1: then he's, like, shit, I shouldn't have just quit, because... I- he's like has this idea that they're gonna like fall in love with him because he like stands up for them and then they leave and he quits
2: i like that one because it was all told from the perspective of a cashier and i could like see this happening at vgs Mm -hmm. (laughs) who wrote this one it was like a an author i know um it's john updike yeah. yeah
1: updike yeah um but this one i like was not super attached to the story but the prop on it was actually my number one Um, so that tells you kind of how much I didn't enjoy the story for it to not even make the list. But, um, the prop was fun. I just made like a herring little packaging. Um, I, I found that I liked the ones that were like physical pieces the most. Um, so those kind of show up, up on this list. Um, the second one is an honorable mention mostly just because, um, I got Cameron involved in the prop. Yes. This is so cool. This one was a good man is hard to find, which is kind of another classic Um, school story we read it in school at least Um, I won't really get into the details of it but the main character um, is a criminal and his name is the misfit and um, I used Cameron as the misfit in the mugshot the, in the wanted poster that I made. Um, so that was fun to kind of direct him on, like, how to take the photos and, like, try to make it look realistic. So. It looks
2: so cool. I love that prop.
1: Yeah. I should I should print out more of those and have it, like, framed and, like, put it in.
2: That'd be but, so funny to have that, like, ha- hanging somewhere, like... Yeah. To have Cameron I
1: like that Cameron commented on the picture. He just went, am I in trouble? <laughs> 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 yeah. So that was fun because Cameron got involved and that's yeah. always fun. The last one is an honorable mention just because... We kind of briefly talked about it already. But just because of, like, the actual response that this short story got when it was first read. It was read at, um, like, a live reading. It's um, Chuck... I don't even know how to say his last name. Pala... Pala, Russian or something. Yeah.
0: I say Um, Polaniuk, but I don't know if that's right.
1: Yeah. He wrote this short story called Guts. (laughs) And it is absolutely horrific. At the live reading of this story, uh, multiple people passed out. Because it's so graphic. (laughs) and, And also, I just, like... This is the story that I would put a disclaimer on to be like, you, might, you probably don't even need to read this one. It's, like, so upsetting. And just, like, well, it's just kind of like, why?
2: I, uh i had i had that reaction but i also laughed really hard I oh it-, it was
1: well that's the thing is if i was going to tell you to read it it's just because it's like funny it's, it's funny a but funny story. but
2: beware like i got squeamish reading it and i'm not
0: the type yeah. so i haven't read this one what's the, what's the vaseline for
1: <laughs> it's it's I don't even know if I want to get into it. It's such a like
0: so gross.
1: It's such a specific thing. Yeah. Like, Alright,
2: that's and, fine.
1: Yeah. It, it's
2: it's exactly. I'll say this. It's exactly what you think it's for. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Use your imagination.
2: Gotcha. Um, I, I mean I don't have to go far.
0: Yeah. I think I'm picking up what you put down. Or don't,
1: honestly. Yeah. That's a <laughs> that's not for the faint of heart, for sure. No,
2: it's graphic. Um
1: so that's didn't make the list just because of <laughs> That essentially, <laughs> but the receipt was fun to make, like, yeah, said. the cool receipt. Um, so I can move oh. into number three, yeah. I think
0: I'm, I'm on Wikipedia, yeah, it's yeah,
2: bad. it's bad, it's bad. Oh, god, <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling um, it. Yeah, okay.
1: yeah, <laughs> it's yucky. Um, so number three, I have the first Bradbury story on here. Um, this is the Velt.
2: I'm glad that we're going to talk about this,
1: yeah. So this one has, um themes of technology and escapism um, especially in this one um, add-on that these people purchased for their futuristic house it's called the happy life home um and in the house the add-on was the um the what's it called the nursery Mm -hmm. i forget if it has like a specific name but happy life nursery um and it's essentially this like sensory chamber to where whatever you're feeling kind of is projected on these walls um so it's an interesting story about the different ways that people in the house use that chamber kind of um and how towards the end it kind of ends up being like a really negative force in the house <laughs> um,
2: I love I love Bradbury because his stories are like so like weird and strange and fantastic in a way that I think other writers I, I haven't experienced other people write, but he also his stories are also like dark without ever making me feel like I'm like, sinking too far into it, like, Mm -hmm. they're, it's kind of, it's, it's like Black Mirror, but not quite as depressing. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, it's, like, surface
3: level. Which I
2: need, and I like, like, I, I just think that the way he's able to kind of, like, get, like, make you feel and think about things without making you feel like shit is, like, a really interesting balance that he does very uniquely, Mm -hmm. and this is a really good example of it. It's, like, reading, have you read this one, Mike? I have. It's funny, I
0: was, I was wondering which, I knew some Bradbury would have to be up near the top, Yeah. um, And I don't, you could have picked any of them. Mm -hmm. They're all amazing.
2: He's masterful.
1: Yeah. And the the reason that I picked this one is because the, um, the thing I made for this one was like a, what would have been an ad for this like happy life home that they, um, purchased. And it was really fun to just like recreate that kind of. Isn't that it? Yeah. Cam has a printout of it over here on his bulletin board, but, um, just like the amount of detail that I was able to get in and the kind of like the Easter eggs in it. Um, like built and sold by Bradbury and Sons, like different things. And the writing part of this one was actually really fun. And there's a cool little illustration. I love it. And
2: I like the little details of like, there's like a little map that shows like where you go to buy the house and the street mm-hmm. names or the kids' names. And like, you just put like a lot of like tiny details in it. And it just looks like, I don't know, like the, the style of it is like very 1950s. Like mm-hmm. it's very, it looks very in place. Yeah. I love it's that. Cool.
1: This is the only one that I that I liked enough to I put like a there's an option to buy a copy of it on my Etsy shop because it's just one. like it's it's a cool little like poster to have
2: it's just so a, cool. like
1: retro style moving on to number two this story is another um favorite of mine I read it a really long time ago for the first time this is a rose for Emily by William Faulkner yeah um
0: i can't think of this one without thinking of the um s town podcast did you guys listen oh, to that one yeah yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah.
3: Oh.
0: isn't that the song like the intro is the mm-hmm. song Rose for emily
1: yeah that's why yeah oh yeah
0: um
1: but this one is a pretty i think a lot of people have probably read this one it has um overarching themes of uh control um death kind of in the form of this like woman's Relationship to her father and um, to this like man that she has a relationship with, um, in terms of like her feeling very controlled during her life, and so she kind of turns that around and tries to take control of like other people in her life, um, in a pretty pretty scary way. It's like very dark. You
2: no, know, it actually reminds me of a lot. Is a dynamic of the one of the primary characters in season one of True Detective.
3: Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: i was thinking similar
0: was, as you started saying that i was like he's gonna say true detective i would
2: i would bet that the writers of true detective took some inspiration from what yeah. happens in this yes. story
1: <laughs> yeah this one's again pretty um pretty adult themed i would say <laughs> but but we read it in in grade school for sure or maybe it was high school it might have been high high school sounds right yeah But for this one, the reason that it's so high on the list, apart from just being, like, a really great story, um, is the prop that I made for this one was, like, an old bottle of arsenic. Yeah. um, Which is a pretty prominent prop in this story. And um, one of the the actual fun parts that I left out of this, because it would have been included on the bag that it was included in, but when she's, like, prompted with what she's going to use this medicine for, because you're supposed to disclose that, she just says, four rats. (laughs) So on the bag, it would just say, four rats.
2: Um, And then the guy in the story, he's like, all right. Cool. That checks out. Yeah, that checks out,
1: and you'll be on your way. Like, nobody really, and she's, like, this mysterious being in this town because, like, she hasn't paid I don't taxes. pay taxes. Yeah, she doesn't pay taxes. She's been there for so long, and she doesn't really leave the house. I imagine that it would be, like, a pretty pretty intense, like, hoarding situation. Just, like, a, and then she finally passes away, and all of her, like, deep, dark secrets come out. So, yep, that's yep. <laughs> very, very deep, dark. Um, but, yeah, that's a, a, just a classic. Yeah. A fun one. Well, I wouldn't say a fun one, but, you
2: know. <laughs> it's fun to read. It's fun
1: to read.
2: Yeah, and that was a really cool prop. It's like you're saying, because, yeah, like, beautiful. so for that one, you printed out, like, the label, but the bottle is still, like, a physical bottle, right? Yeah, I bought yeah. the bottle
1: on eBay, um, and it's still corked, and it has something weird in it. It's, oh, like, something... Arsenic,
2: weird. probably. Maybe.
1: Um, I don't remember what the actual, because the actual label's still on it on the back, so I'll uh, see what it says, but, um, yeah, I just made a new label and, like, pasted it on there. Um, so that was fun.
0: So cool. hmm Is that bottle accessible to children?
1: <laughs> definitely not
2: <laughs>
1: definitely not It's on a
2: high high shelf
1: should not be okay <laughs> um yeah so that brings us to numero uno oh boy this is a good one um it should surprise nobody that the number one on this list is another doll uh story and am i saying that correctly
2: roll doll roll
1: doll correct that's correct. yeah okay it's another doll story this one holds a special place in my heart this is the landlady yeah, And I don't know if it says anything about me that the number one in two yeah. stories on here are, like, a primarily female protagonist that has, like, yeah. very dark tendencies. Um, huh. I don't know what that True. says about me, but um, it's partially just because I had fun with these ones. Um, this story is about a guy who comes into a, a town that he's not familiar with um, on a business trip, and he's looking for a place to stay, and he is on his way to go to this inn, but on on the way he sees kind of what I would imagine like an Airbnb situation. It's like a B and B. And so he stops in and this lady is like right there waiting for him. And she's like, yes, we have an open bed, like come right in. Um, And she shows him to his room. um, Seems very accommodating. And then she asks him to like sign the guest book. Um, And he's like reading the names in there and he's like, Hmm, interesting. Um, Something rings a bell. And then she, he notices as he's, um, going into the room. Well, he notices a couple weird things going on. <laughs> yeah. um, and then ultimately she invites him downstairs to have a cup of tea. Um, so for this one I made a, a tea bag that maybe she would have given him. But this one's worth not spoiling because it's, yeah. it's it's a good one.
2: Did, did you make, obviously you didn't make like the, the tea, but did you just like take a tea bag and swap out the yeah. like the little tag? This
1: one took a little bit of finagling because it was really hard to use. I think that. The, like, little staple I used was, like, a real staple that I cut in half and then had to, like, <laughs> oh attach God. it on there. And so, like, it was really delicate. And so I, like, took the picture and then it kind of fell apart. Yeah. Um, but it was fun. Like, this one was really fun to make. Um, it's really high on this list just because... It
2: looks so cool.
1: Yeah, because it's a, a physical piece and it was just, like, a, a little delicate design. Well,
2: um, and you made it look like... Like, you know how tea bags come... Like, yeah, like you said, like, staple to the top, Mm -hmm. so you kind of have to, like, pull the tag to get it to drop. Yeah. Like, it really looks like there's some tautness there, and that it's, like, packaged up like you would right out of a box. Right. It looks awesome. And then
1: the fun line, I found this line on, it was on an old vintage tea bag I saw online. It (laughs) says, iced or hot, it hits the spot.
2: That's so cool.
0: Um happy that you found it i'm a little disappointed that it wasn't your own line because that's so good i, know. I saw it, I was like holy shit where did you come up with
1: that yeah that one i pulled from some reference i'm not sure but i liked it too much to not include it um and yeah i just we read i read this story as a kid and i remember it kind of being my introduction to short stories and i was like like so blown away when i read it and i was like this is so fun and then from there on i've kind of always had this like interest in short stories and these little like digestible pieces of writing i don't know
2: that's so. a great pick mm-hmm. have you read the landlady mike i haven't oh Ooh, yeah well no that you
1: should be the first one you read almost
2: all of these are worth okay. reading i would say um but now you have like a good a sense of the yeah of some of the ones you really shouldn't miss
1: mm-hmm. and i'm sure that there are so many that i missed like i I have a feeling that I might do this project again in the future. Like maybe just pick another 30 and like do another yeah. round because there are so many to choose from. I kind of picked from a pool of like what I had already known just um, to, to make the process a little shorter. But um, there are so many good ones out there that I, I would like to do this again.
0: Well, yeah. even within the list, just there's ones that you didn't mention. I'm just, if I might just mention mm-hmm. quickly. Mm-hmm. So I'll put aside the Bradbury ones cause we kind of already touched on that. But Three that are on your list that I really love, um, The Yellow Wallpaper. Oh, my gosh. Uh, That's a very strange and upsetting one, but it's really good. Uh, After 20 Years, I love. I don't know why, because it's probably one of the least interesting stories on this list, like from a pure plot perspective, but I love that one. Mm -hmm. I think it was in that textbook Um, we're talking about. Yeah,
1: I think it was. Probably. It's like literally Uh, one page. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then the last one, which is one of my favorite short stories of all time, is the Signal Man. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, by Dickens. That's one of my all time favorites. I saw a um, like a short film adaptation of it, and it was so great. But the book is just, or the the short story is just awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that one. It was like a twinge of ghost story in there, and yeah, yes. a lot of yeah. different elements. I like that one a lot.
2: <laughs> they're they're all awesome. I read them all for this. The only one I'll mention because I love the story so much, and because I thought. It was one of my favorite props that you did is the um actually it's called the a, a, a roar or is it a sound of thunder or a roar oh, of thunder? Oh, a sound
1: of thunder, yeah. And
2: yeah. it has it like has to do with time travel and like alternate realities mm-hmm. which is so cool given when it was written, but mm-hmm. your prop was so cool because it's a business card but it's altered slightly
1: mm-hmm. for the two so, different timelines, yeah. Yeah,
2: I just thought that was very very cool. Yeah. That um, was fun. So, but there again they're all really cool. Like, if someone... If like, um, I read of these short stories over, like, a long period of time and, like, was enjoying them piece by piece and then, like, looking forward to going to Instagram and mm-hmm. seeing what you had created for it. And also, like, knowing that you had created something for each one, as I read it, I would think, like, mm, what, what, it, it what did Aaron make for this one? Like, I bet it's this or that. Yeah. And, That's um, interesting. So, if you enjoyed this podcast, definitely, there's a lot that we didn't talk about mm-hmm. go back
1: also for. send me your recommendations because i'm always trying yeah. to read new ones like whatever the your like favorite short stories are send them my way because i like to read them please
2: any uh any other comments
1: i don't think so i think that pretty much does it
2: this is great we've given a lot of people a lot of poop fodder
3: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> best of luck with your journeys yep <laughs> and um let us know how it goes report back
2: Yeah. Uh, we'll just just recap real quick and then we'll get out of here. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, you have the recap up there.
2: Yeah. Uh, do you want to read it?
1: Sure. Uh, number 10, we have The Hitchhiker. Number 9, The Telltale Heart. 8, The Open Window. 7, Harrison Bergeron. 6, Flowers for Algernon. 5, Lamb to the Slaughter. 4, Time Enough at Last. 3, The Velt. 2, A Rose for Emily. And 1, The Landlady.
2: (sighs) Top notch stuff. Wow. What a list. Yeah. Um, so thank you, Aaron, for do, uh, taking the time to do this. This one's kind of been a long time coming. Yeah. Um, and thank you for all. It brought me a lot of joy to read these and see your stuff on it. Um, and I usually thank you remotely for our artwork, but you're right here, so I'll just thank you directly for the artwork. That is it's true. It's still fantastic. Um, and then usually at this point, I thank Kevin McLeod for our intro and not top three music, which as you alluded to earlier is quite stanky. Stankalicious indeed.
1: Well, thanks for having me guys. It's always fun. Um, I like bantering, Mm -hmm. making these- I like bantering
0: and I like bantering so much. I'm gonna banter really quickly about uh, how much we appreciate the social media work from our social media guru, my wife, Caroline, uh, whose stuff you can find on Caroline Juliana photography. I think i can't remember it's on instagram just look it up you'll find it uh she does great work for our social meds and we will definitely be regramming which i think is a thing uh aaron's artwork here uh with her explicit permission similar to the explicit permission she received from that man in the photo um she included on the flowers for alternon dossier uh so if you want to check that out check it out if you want to send us an email you can send us an email top 10 km at uh gmail.com the 10 spelled out t-e-n same as on our instagram finally i'm sure you're listening to us on some sort of listening app but if you're looking for
3: another one
0: you can check us out on the apple podcast app stitcher spotify podbean a bunch of others i don't remember pretty much wherever podcasts can be found so kyle so, Aaron, thank you for a delightful episode. Thank you, Thank Michael. you. It's been real. Good fun. Peace. Peace.